You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says, this is Locked On Indians, and I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Um, I'll have a lot of draft content, including a new mock up next week. I'm going down to Dayton for the Horizon League tournament this weekend, and I will have some video and reports up from that as well. Uh, the Indians lose again as they fall closer to 500. Uh, let's just get into the game first. After we get into the game, uh, we'll talk about the overall ineptitude. I think I will then discuss what I view the top lineup should be based on who's currently on roster. Second half of the show, we'll do what I've been doing all week, and we'll dive into Buffalo, kind of look around who's interesting, and I'll pick out who my top five prospects at that level are. So the Indians lose today. This isn't a surprise. Adam Plutko has given up. Outside of his one start against Baltimore, he's been pretty much hit around this year by uh, in his two other AAA starts. The fact that they pushed him into the sixth inning, it makes very little sense to me on so many levels. So he comes out, he gives up two home runs in the first, gives up a home run in the second, and then you're like, okay, well, he kind of quiets down. Um, after that home run in the second, he still gave up two more hits that inning. In the third inning, he gives up two more hits. In the fourth inning, he gives up a hit. The fifth inning is his only... It's not even a clear, clean inning because he hits somebody. He gets is the benefits by a double play in both the fifth and the fourth. There's nothing in there that's going, yeah, let's push him through the lineup again. Um... You know, this is a lineup that has already been turned over three times. All of the data in the world would tell you you don't push this guy through again. Uh, that he should be, you know, it, it, he shouldn't have even been in in the fifth. But especially when you have a guy going into the sixth, so you send him back out there, knowing that it's probably going to lead to trouble, and it does. Now, yes, you're saying, well, the two outfielders made a really boneheaded play, and this is true, and it's about as bad as uh, you could have uh, two guys sliding into each other, leading to your young player, Mercado, um, being taken off uh, later on after he got a hit because of uh, concerns. Uh, he has a hip contusion is the final um, thing on this, but... Adam Plutko is a he is a fringe starter. The Rays are an excellent offense, absolutely loaded. I mean, they were benching one of their best players in Yandy Diaz in this game. The Indians didn't even have to worry about him. And this is still a re- this is in Baltimore. This is a really good team. Leaving Plutko in is just it's a bad call. You have a good pen. You have a deep pen. I mean, they would have lost anyways because the offense is so atrocious. But I'm trying to figure out exactly what Tito does because they've had a lot of big defensive issues, which you would think a well-coached team wouldn't have. Uh, He obviously can't handle the lineup because it's consistently put together awfully. He relied on Neil Ramirez, who was a terrible pitcher, to the point that the Indians found the only way to stop him from using Neil Ramirez was to designate him for assignment. It's it's been a comedy of errors with Tito making almost every wrong call so far this year. You know, you go back in the lineup. We already discussed Plucko, not good. 
it was nice to see Clippard have a strong outing after his struggles this year. Brad Hand got some work in. AJ Cole has been a really pleasant surprise. We'll see how that goes. Oliver Perez with another strong performance by him. So the pen was nails. Offensively, Lindor had a rough game, and he's one of the two guys that's actually performing for the Indians right now. Santana got on base twice. Luplo continues to uh, perform against left-handers. He is the guy you want in there. Uh, J-Ram gets on base twice. You give it to that to him. Uh, Haas strikes out three times. That's kind of what you expect. He's going to either hit the ball hard or he's going to swing really hard and miss the ball. Martin has continued to be very feast or famine, and Kipnis has continued to be largely ineffective. The only extra base hit goes to Luplo. Yarbo, Yarborough entering the game was another one of those guys who had not pitched particularly well. He is not able to miss bats, only four strikeouts, but it doesn't matter because the Indians aren't able to put anything together. This is a team that, you know, we know, like I said, Tito has his guys, and we've had the same hitting coach for since 2012. Um, he has, you know, we have, it's Ty Van Berkleo. And he has been the hitting coach. And when you see the what's being said about him, uh, he, there's no concern. He doesn't have to think anything's on the line, even though we're looking at an offense with historical ineptitude. This isn't a bad offense. It's a historically bad performance. Um, you're having major parts of the lineup with regression. There's issues here. Um even as a player who went to Japan, this is not a guy who was a great hitter by any means. Um, he, he had one huge year in Japan. He was a low-average guy there. You know, it's he's he's not someone who had much success, and you really feels like at points that the Indians hitters have success in spite of him. This is not the first time we've seen a very lackadaisical approach or comments, and something's got to give. This offense is awful. Um, Tito is not helping them with his lineup construction. So very quickly, if I was in charge of the Cleveland Indians, what would my lineup look like? I'd actually put Mercado in the uh, the leadoff spot at this point. He does not have any power. Just get him up there. Let him run a bit. His on-base percentage is better than a lot of guys on this team. I'd put Santana in the two-hole because he has the best on-base percentage on the team. The two-hole has been shown to be the most important spot in the lineup, and that's a very basic analytical thing. So, uh, of course, Tito puts one of the worst hitters in the lineup in the two-spot. Third would be Lindor. Uh, He's the best power hitter on the team, and he's performing well. Against lefties, I would definitely put Luplo at four. And this is where it starts to get a bit dicey because now you're kind of have to shake the bag and see who falls out. Who are you going to trust against, you know, lefties at this point? I, you know, it's tempting to put Roberto Perez up that high. And I think I would actually put him fifth just because what we've seen with power and hard hit uh, balls for him. So I put him at fifth. Uh, Sixth, I'm probably going with Martin as he has also hit for power this year. Maybe not the most effective, but in this lineup, sadly, that's all it takes to be a bit higher. He is a lefty. He's not very good against lefties, but you could say that about almost every lefty on the team. Seven, I put Bowers. Eight is J-Ram, and nine is Kipnis. Um, 
Kipnis probably shouldn't even play versus lefties. He should definitely move down in the lineup and not be hitting two. If you're like, well, what would you do against righties? Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, so you're taking out Luplo right now. He's, I mean, uh, it just, you know, you're you're trying to think, okay, so there's no Naquin right now, and with what they've done, they're carrying the three catchers. You know, in an ideal world, you'd have uh, someone you trust and can count on a little bit more in that outfield. But with Gonzalez gone and Naquin not yet activated, you don't... I mean, Mike Freeman has been getting the reps, so I guess it's... I would go my four-hitter being... Uh, See, that's the situation we're in where I'm, I'm borderline swearing as I try to think about who I, I... Maybe Bowers as the guy who at least has some, you know, he's got five home runs. Um, and he's a lefty and he's young and he's got a better on-base percentage than Martin Ramirez or Kipnis. I'd probably leave Martin at sixth. Seven Perez... Eight Ramirez, nine Kipnis. It stays the same there because Jason Kipnis is not good and should not be hitting two. Um, I do not have a lot of faith right now in this team going forward, and some of that just comes from the top where they're ignoring basic analytical thought. They're constructing a lineup that doesn't make sense. They're using um, outdated thinking for starters and pen usage. It's just... These are the points where I go, okay, maybe the Astros were running circles around the Indians the last playoffs when it came to advanced knowledge and thinking because and you have such an analytical front office and they are, you know, they have Tito who just doesn't seem to care about any of that. And it's it's such a disconnect. And Tito talking about, well, you know, we let go cargo because we want to try some young kids. <laughs> He's been so anti-trying young kids for his entire career here that – it's going to have to be forced down his throat. But uh, it's a depressing time to be an Indians fan. Um, this looks like a 500 team in spite of everything that has gone on. And a lot of people are making a big deal about, oh, new owner. Again, new owner does not guarantee new spending. And as for Michael Brantley, remember, he killed the ball last year too. We'll see how it is in August. We'll see if he has another slide. We'll see. A lot of these grand pronouncements in that regard. But, uh, yeah, remember certain players have trends of how they perform, and Brantley was more of a starter, less of a closer over the course of his career. So we've got a pair of sponsors today, BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com, we have had them. They were our first sponsor. They are the little blue pill that you can chew. It's the only chewable little blue pill, and if you've ever been curious about male enhancement, you can try it. Four or five dollars. I wouldn't say for free. Yes, you're getting the pills for free, but you are going to pay five dollars for freight. You're going to pay five bucks to ship. But still, it's five bucks to sate your curiosity. That's a good deal. If you ever wanted to try one of these pills, this is the best opportunity you're going to find. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code MLB for that free trial. Our other sponsors, Hotels.com. Um, I've told you about this before. They make money by saving you money. I have used them. They want you to keep coming back. So if they're not saving you money, you're not going to go back. Their whole service model is based on making you happy by saving you money. They're only going to make money if they save you money. So use Hotels.com because obviously their business is to make good business for you. 
I want to also remind people now, as we're coming back from the break here, that uh, subscriptions, rating, reviewing, that's all a huge part of our service. Use the Himalaya app, Google Play, iTunes, whatever you're using. Um, Even if you're not going to listen on that day, download. That's great for us because it's all about download tracking. Reviews, huge for us. So please and thank you on all of that. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it. So the uh, we've talked about the depressing train wreck that is the Major League team. Let's go look at the minors. Let's look at something maybe a little bit more fun, something that's not as horrific to consider. So the Columbus Clippers started the year as really an uninteresting team for me, I'll be honest. But as the year has progressed, they're... Uh, one of the more interesting teams. Uh, there's a lot of names to look at. Yes, some of it is your retreads. The guys like Chiwi Hugh, who they got in the trade from Tampa, who's struggling mightily. And Asher Wojciechowski is a 30-year-old who's bounced around but is playing well. There's Brooks Pounders, who just has the perfect name for a reliever and is playing well. Uh, strikeout rate approaching 12 with a walk rate barely over 2.5. Yes, please. I'll take that problem with pounders is he's kind of stuck this bullpen well the indians bullpen has been quite good this year so is columbus's there's a lot of interesting names to look at pounders on top of just great name value is performing uh henry martinez is a top prospect who had some struggles at the start of the year but has been pitching better of late he's getting it together he's figuring it out a year ago i was very upset when he wasn't added the 40 man and i thought he'd be a slam dunk selection he wasn't taken but he's a, a really good relief prospect, just 25 years of age. Uh, John Edwards, it was pretty fluky, but it was pitching well in the majors before he got sent down, and he's been dominant. Striker rate over 12, walk rate under 4, hit rate under 6. Just nice depth down there. James Hoyt, who they liked enough to go out of their way to add a year ago, 32 years of age, but you know it's a only 4-inning sample size, but he's... You know, he misses some bats. The walk rate is high. We'll see how it goes. But they liked him quite a bit a year ago. Uh, James Karinchak was put on the seven-day disabled list, but he has continued to be a strikeout machine. He came in. He pitched three innings. He struck out eight. So, you know, eight out of nine outs were via the strikeout. So it's a really strong pen they have going on down there, even with the addition of Neil Ramirez. Yes, I'm not going to let that go. This is a team that cut every corner in salary and thought, we got to pay this guy who's been ineffective for his entire career a million dollars. They could have spent that in a lot of other places. I know it's only a million, but they were so penny-pinching this offseason that that is where they chose to spend money. I, I just I can't. But as I mentioned, the pen is quite strong for this team. The starting rotation has some interesting players. Uh, I've mentioned Michael Peoples before. His, he's not doing quite as well as he was. But still, extremely low uh, walk rate, strikeout rate over 7.5. And, and guys just don't make hard contact against him. Most of these guys, because that park is an absolute bandbox, have home run rates over 1, sometimes over 2. Um, you know, they're all getting hit hard because they changed the ball in AAA this year, so home run numbers are up. That stadium is an awful stadium for pitchers to begin with. So the fact that Peoples is keeping his under one is actually impressive. Very impressive for a starter. So I still think he's you know just a name to consider. Some of the other famous names. Cody Anderson is down there getting, uh, getting some more opportunities. And he's not been... 
it's he's pitching better, so we'll see. Jake Paulson got uh, called up from Akron. He was really good for Akron a year ago. I believe won the ERA title in the Eastern League. And then it's kind of a lot of the up-and-down players that we've seen, a lot of uh, names. But, uh, you know, it, it basically, like, if we go up to offense, you look at the guys who played in the most games, number two and three in games are Brandon Barnes and Trace Thompson, and that's what we see at the pitchers as well. These guys who are in their 30s, late 20s, who have had some MLB experience but are just day players down in the minors no one's looking at Brandon Barnes at the age of 33 and thinking yeah he's going to get an extended look with the Indians it's just not going to happen um you know it, it but for those same players I get it if you've played in the major leagues and you're back in AAA you're making a much nicer amount of money than uh someone who hasn't there is good money and playing till you can't play anymore if you have had MLB experience so, in terms of the rest of the guys up here on uh, offense, it's uh, a lot of older players, a lot of names you know. Uh, Stamets has actually played well on his demotion. Greg Allen has played very well since his demotion. Yu Chen Chang has uh, had some injury issues, but, I mean, he is he is struggling, to put it nicely. It has not been a good year for Chang. Uh, Bobby Bradley is definitely kind of the star right now down there in terms of prospects at this point offensively. So if I'm doing the top five for AAA at this point, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go crazy on Chang. I'm not gonna give up on this guy. Uh the fifth spot basically for me at this point came down to Martinez versus Peoples. Martinez is someone I th- and you know then you have to go what's the valuation on a pitcher versus a starter versus a reliever. Martinez for his 18 and two-thirds innings actually hasn't given up a home run. That's another positive sign. So I'm going to go with Martinez is the fifth spot on this list just because I think there's a better chance he'll get a look in the majors. I think he has a better chance of finding success in the majors. Um, Number four is where it starts to get a little more difficult for me, but I think I have to go with Karen Chalk there. Now it kind of shows the gap because Karen Chalk has been such dominant reliever this year that he's going to be fourth on the list. But it's reliever value versus other value. And, you know, injury as well plays in a bit. At number three is Bobby Bradley. Yes, he's hitting the ball very well there this year. And I talked to people in Akron and he's down there. And they tell you his defense is better than you would expect. He's actually a solid defender at first. As a lefty, though, he has always struggled against lefties. He's actually hitting them well this year. We'll see how that continues to go. But... The nearly 35% strikeout rate in AAA is, I mean, if there's a number you can go hang a sign on that's going to predict that the success isn't going to translate, it's that. Um, It's just too high. It's very unlikely he's going to be able to do anything but strike out at a high rate in the majors if it's that high facing the guys who aren't quite good enough to be major league players in AAA. That's what AAA often is at this point. It's the guys who just can't make the cut. They're kind of borderline. If we did, uh, if we expanded the league by five teams, yeah, these guys would probably make the cut, quite a few of them. But in the current setup, it's just not there. And that is why Bradley isn't quite as high as the others on my list. I'm going to put Yu Chen Chang at two, just because of the performance this year is moving him down a bit. Um, the power is there. The defense is there. Hopefully he'll start to get it together. Um 
but it has been a disappointing season. I think number one will be a surprise, and he is maybe the Indians' biggest surprise in the minors in general this year, and that's Zach Plesac. Now, I had him around 20th on my top 30 list this offseason. Um, I've always been high on him compared to the field, but I can't take any credit for that relative to what we're seeing this year because what we're seeing this year is someone who has kept his control, which has been impeccable. It's even improved. He's, his secondary pitches are a lot sharper, and he's added some speed to his fastball. Um, he's he's on a Bieber track right now. Um, i hesitant to compare anyone to Bieber just because of his performance, but I, that's where Plesak is. And if he continues to pitch like this, um, it's a nice situation for the Indians to have because, you know, he's already... 24 years of age he was a a senior who had had injury issues in college and that's part of the reason why at Ball State he ended up falling uh, to where he was drafted he didn't pitch at all in 2017 and was able to the Indians got him for a hundred thousand dollars which wasn't even that's not even the max you can give a guy on day three so he is entering his third season in the minors. Next year, he would have to be added to the 40-man, and he undoubtedly would be. But if you are the Indians and you, you know, if they start getting guys healthy, all of a sudden they're in a situation where you have your five main starters, you've got your depth guys in Pluko and Rodriguez. But if Plesak starts pushing his way up, they could be in a position to consider flipping an arm for help in other areas. Um, especially as Bieber starts to continues to perform the way he is, then you feel a little more comfortable with the idea of, well, if Kluber comes back and establishes himself, maybe we try to ship him. Or maybe if Bauer can straighten out a bit, you're like, okay, he's going to be the first one to hit free agency. Let's see if what we can get for him now. Teams are still going to be hunting for pitching. Teams are currently hunting for pitching. There'll be value. It may not be as high as it would have been this offseason, but there will be value in such a uh, a package and like I said Plesak is legitimately turning heads uh, he's a top 10 prospect right now um, so this time last year I was telling people that Shane Bieber who I'd had in the last offseason is like I'd have to look it up but he was a back of the top 10 guy by about June I was like he's the number one prospect in the Indian system and they ended up calling him up not too long after that I don't think we'll see Plesak called up anytime soon I could be wrong but uh, Plesak should be someone who's considered among the top 10 prospects in the Indian system based on everything is ticking up right now. Everything is improved. I want to uh, thank you all for subscribing, listening on the Himalaya app, Google Play, iTunes. Thank you. Uh, it's been great. We're at, almost, we're at over two months now of podcasts, so thank you for sticking with me as I continue to figure out how to do this. And as always, go Tribe.